This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name's Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name's Mark Boyd. Hello. My name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Maddie Robson, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Hiya. Hello, Z's. Yeah, mate. Good. Yeah. yeah, can you hear, hear me okay? Everyone's all good, yeah. Before we start, by the way, Joel, it hasn't charged properly. It's on It's on 30%, but if ah. I go off all of a sudden, I've got like my old laptop ready just to join. But ah. it, if, if, I, if I disconnect, I'll, I'll come back on as soon as I can. Yeah. Oh, you won't worry about it then. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Well, I mean, we'll, try, we'll try and keep this like short and sweet, you know what I mean? We'll keep it bish, bash, bosh, and we'll try and keep it cool and snappy. Um, man, welcome back. Thanks for joining me again, man. I know it's been a bit of a while. I mean... Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and all that good jazz. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh! Right, Morris, how's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is episode. 90, I've just knocked my camera. Oh, oh, look out, here we go. There we go, boys can still see. <laughs> and I am absolutely buzzing to be back with this episode 90 of the Blue Army podcast. Sorry we've been away. We did explain it a little bit. We just got a little bit busy. We got some new jobs. Well, some of us did, and some of us are just busy doing other things. It was Christmas, but we are back, and uh, we've only got 10 episodes until episode 100 so me and the boys are gonna probably after this chat get offline and maybe think of something we could do for episode 100 that might be a little bit more interactive with people i mean that might be quite fun to meet a few of the listeners of the blue army podcast somewhere maybe just at the fan zone after a game or something like that a nice little simple meet and greet we'll put our heads together we'll come up with something cool for episode 100 but let me introduce 
you, the listeners, to your two favourite co-hosts here on the Blue Army podcast. You can't have forgotten them already. It hasn't been that long. That's right. I'm talking about Liam from Blue Army TV, the YouTube channel, and Wills. Welcome back, lads. Happy New Year's. Merry Christmas and all Hey, that. good to be back. <laughs> good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah. Nice to see you, man. It's nice to see you. I really haven't had much of a chance to talk to you. We did get together for a little bit of a drink over the festive period. So that was nice. Mm. So I got to see you both in person there. But the World the... Cup was still happening at that point, and the winner hadn't been decided by that point. In fact, I think England were maybe still in the tournament at that point when we went for that drink, were we? Can't remember. I think we've been knocked out the day before. Uh, was it a day before? <laughs> yeah, I can remember Liam saying something about being because Carlisle had just had that postponement. Yeah, and yeah. Liam Blue Army podcast. Liam was um, glad Blue Army. <laughs> I'll be Skelly. I'll, I'll be I'll change my name to Skelly. <laughs> yeah. <you've> got... <laughs> Yeah, I remember Liam was glad that um, it had been postponed because he didn't want Carlisle to lose to Barra and England get knocked out of the World Cup on the same day. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, he's an optimist. Now you've said it. Now you've said it. Yeah, it's all going back to me. <laughs> that fixture's been rearranged now for uh, towards the end of January, isn't it? Yeah, bye. Quick little look at the calendar. I believe it is it January 24th on the Tuesday. Was it the 31st? 31st, is it? The 31st. That game's being rearranged now. Obviously, uh, we had that game very quickly rearranged that we had cancelled against Northampton and that went straight ahead Mm. on the Tuesday. Man, there's been so much we haven't had a chance to talk about. But before I really dive into the show properly, um, I mean... England obviously getting knocked out at the quarterfinals of the World Cup. I have to say, after the last couple of uh, tournaments we've had, it was a little bit disappointing. And uh, maybe I'm getting a bit sick of old Southgate's tricks and I want to see someone fresh in the driving seat. Maybe somebody else who might have the opportunity to bring the team forward. I mean, that's my opinion on it. And I'd have to say a personal highlight had to have been Morocco's miraculous run uh, towards the semi-final, becoming the first ever African team to make it to a semi-final. They were magical to watch against Spain and Portugal. I really enjoyed just seeing their fans' reactions in the stadiums. And obviously, I love seeing the Spanish and the Portuguese cry when they get knocked out of tournaments. That's just <laughs> hilarious um, <laughs> lads yourselves um, I mean Wills first of all how did you feel England fared at the World Cup this year yeah um, I think it's alright considering the fact that they got knocked out by France who were brilliant up until the final and and also the fact that um, I don't think England played particularly badly against France in that game either so although you know although you measure success on how far into the tournament you get I think it was a decent showing for England at the tournament. I think they were, I think they were knocked out. So no, I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm disappointed that we didn't go further because we have gone, you know, after the previous two tournaments. But all in all, I'm, I don't think it was a bad, a bad World Cup for England. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I've already, I've already stated how I feel about it. I'm ready to see yeah. a bit of fresh blood in the manager's seat. Liam, are you happy to stick or twist on Southgate? Uh, I, I, you should have gone before this World Cup, to be honest with you. Right. 
you said to be sick of is just the most vanilla manager yeah. in the world, isn't he? He, put, yeah. he puts out a team and that's about it. There's yeah. no tactic or anything to it. And he, he makes substitutions too late. He's far too defensive. I just can't get over the fact that our, all of our best players are attackers and he plays with a back five. Like uh, he, he tried to get away with it by saying, oh, we've gone for the back four now. But then he put three defensive midfielders in front of it to sort of compensate for that centre-back that he hasn't put in. And we still play ultra-defensive stuff. You know, we we played a couple of good games. Wales, just the second half against Wales. And, you know, I think people are far too... Like, Wales, I yeah. disagree with you massively that it was a good World Cup for him. Yeah. <laughs> because, because I think people are far, far too used to seeing England lose. It's like the whole thing of, oh, you've seen it all before. Um I think people need to understand that we probably went into that World Cup with one of the best squads, maybe over, maybe other than Brazil. And we went into the Euros with one of the best squads, and yeah. we've, we've got some of the best players in the world. We've got Harry Kale Ford, one of the best young players in the world. Saka as well. Tamori's doing really well in Italy. He didn't even get picked for the yeah. squad. We've got one of the best teams, and I think people need to stop sort of accepting a quarterfinal exit to a decent France team. Uh, people, should ex- people should expect more, I think. Yeah, but like, let's say that instead of playing France in the quarterfinal, we'd played Morocco and beaten Morocco and then gotten through to a semi-final against France and then got beaten by France. Would you say that we ultimately get beaten by the same team? And I'm not kind of like just uh, dissing on Morocco here and saying we would <laughs> we would obviously have beaten them. Just kind of like the idea that kind of like, you know, um, it's it's kind of like if we'd say... Say we'd been drawn against Argentina in the last 16 and beat us, would that then make us worse than who Argentina beat in the final? It, I, th- I think those things are like hard to say, and it, it can be hard to kind of like hard for me. Anyway, um, the country showing at a world cup is really an indication of how good the, of how good they are as a team, or whether it's just the way the draws landed and then came up short in one game. Um, but you know. Maybe I am too used to England losing because I've probably, you know, I've got like 20 years experience on you of just watching (laughs) England get, just watching England. I mean, like I was kind of like brought up in football, kind of like six was decent, but it was just, it was just England have failed to qualify. England have gone out in the group stage. England have failed to qualify. England have gone out in the last six. And it was just terrible manager after terrible manager. Yeah, and it was just terrible manager after terrible manager after terrible manager for a good 20 years, if you say the exceptions being Venables and Hoddle in that time. But uh, and, and then so like when Southgate came along, things felt different. And they still do, because I'm still they look decent. Um, who they would replace Southgate with, in, in my mind, it would just, you know, the, the, the bigger risk would just be that we go back to... Terrible manager after terrible manager, and England failing to qualify for things again and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think that would ever happen, would it? No, like I, I just don't think we'd drop down to that standard, regardless yeah. of who's in charge. I'd like I said, I just I'd like to see a game plan. I'd like to see like a clear a clear way that we we can play football. And Southgate's just 
he's not providing that. He makes really simple moves and it takes him ages to make those really simple moves. Just like Liam said about late substitutions, it's not always about that either. The last tournament uh, that we had, it took him ages to put Sterling up front with Kane instead of playing him out wide. It took him like three games to realise yeah. Harry Kane looks isolated. But meanwhile, there's four million yeah. people at home going, Harry Kane's on his own. He needs <laughs> <laughs> it, took him, it takes him three games to give Harry Kane a strike partner and he didn't even bother this time. He didn't even bother giving him a strike partner this time and that's why he looks so exposed. Kane plays with Son at Tottenham and it's a partnership, the two strikers that play together. Do you know what I mean? And it, it doesn't work when he plays on his own for England. He can't, he can't do yeah. anything up there on his own. He can't do it. He, he needs the supply and he needs someone alongside him to help him work. And if I can see it, Southgate should be able to see it from a fucking mile off as well. And like, I feel like these... Such simple things like, like you said, Tamori over in Italy, like winning Syria app when you're still picking Harry Maguire, like things like that don't make sense. Pick that's the big one in England when you've got Ramsdale top of the Premier League, like things like that don't make sense. They don't make sense, <laughs> like they just don't make sense to me. And so, for me, it has to be like someone else, like just someone else. Like, I, I'd be happy to go like. God knows, like, 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 not even go for a Champions League. It'll be Sam Allardyce again. Somebody with you have Sam Allardyce back. At least Allardyce (laughs) had this mentality of how to play, like, his 100% record. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, like, he's got that going for him as well. He's got that going for him as well. But, like, what what do you think of Sean? It could be interesting, but it's a, if it's you know it's a stick or twist situation, whoever you say might be the next England manager. So I'm still inclined to like stick rather than risk. When they gave another Southgate, decade, when they, of... when they gave Southgate the job in the first place, he yeah. had less experience under his belt, arguably than Sean Dyche has under has under yeah. his belt currently. So yeah, I, less would, than Paul I would, I would maybe give Dyche a chance. Do what, lad? I've said he had less. Yeah, he had less experience than Paul. What were he doing? Did it had a decent spell with the England under twenty ones. You played league, Middlesbrough. Um. Well, maybe that. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> but like, still, like, this is what I'm saying. Though it's only it's only like like two two or three years with the same team with do you know what I mean? Like mediocre results. You've got to remember at the time Middlesbrough were a they were a Europa League team. They were a rival for Newcastle very regularly. Like a Newcastle were a Champions League top four team. At that time as well, it was Middlesbrough, Newcastle were, were two better teams than Sunderland ever was. Even though Sunderland managed to like outlast them for a little bit before they've had their decline, obviously. And anyways, 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 we could go on about England all day. And next week yeah. we don't have any football to talk about, so maybe next week we will. <laughs> maybe next week we will go on about England a little bit more. Obviously, next week we'll be talking a little bit more about transfers as well. Um, but on this episode of the Blue Army Podcast, we've got three games to catch up on, so I feel like. Uh, we're probably better off diving in with the most recent in the memory and we'll make our way sort of backwards. So we'll dive in with uh, Carlisle United's 2-1 loss against Doncaster. Obviously, another reason I've done this is because rather than ending on a loss, we'll get to end on a bit of a nicer note at the end of the podcast talking about the two wins. But like, we'll we'll dive (laughs) in, we'll talk about this 2-1 defeat. I mean, it's similar, eerily similar, to me, as what the Northampton game was like, it's like we 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 we've got chances of winning these games, but it is big mistakes that we're making. And the opening goal in this game is 
I mean, first of all, it's Joel Senior's mistake. And, and then second of all, it's Thomas Hoyley's mistake for not being able to cover his goal with like, like telescopic limbs. Because I don't understand how he can't close down that's that that small gap that the that the striker still had to 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 score into. But yeah, uh, we'll talk through the first goal, uh, Carla United versus Doncaster. Um, the ball comes in from a throw-in position on the right-hand side, goes straight into the Carlisle box between the lines. And it does seem like a lot of defenders, uh, a lot of teams are getting used to where our lines are, the lines between Huntington and the fullback or between Feeney and the fullback. They're getting used to how we sort of line up. There's plenty of Doncaster men in the box when the ball does go across the six-yard box. And uh, I mean... We'll, we'll talk about this in a minute. Joel Senior loses sight of the ball. It goes kind of between his legs, ricochets off his heel, ends up right in front of the fullback. And he just somehow, like I keep, I'm going to say it again, somehow finds the gap between Hoyley and the other side of his goal, even though he's probably got half a yard of, 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 of space and angle to slot it into, that Hoyley just needs to cover that half a yard of space. I mean, it's disappointing. It's an early goal. And um, how many minutes was it in? Only five minutes in. Full-back scores. It's our mistake. We're 1-0 down. Liam, first of all, what do you think happened to Senior there? You're a bit of, you, you, you've hyped him up a little bit before. Obviously, we've not really had a good chance to look at him, so I'm not going to dig you out for like giving him a bit of, you know, I mean, love. You can give anyone a bit of love after seeing them once or twice. But, yeah, he's made a hash out of this one. He kind of made up for it later in the game by looking half-decent going forward. But, mate, what happened to you? I think we'd seen it. The thing, he looked good all, all game except for that sort of mad moment. The ball comes across him. He does a weird sort of three sixty that I honestly can't explain much. Does he lose where the ball is? But I, look, it is a mistake from him. But I think it's worth noting that he hasn't played in a year. Like this is his first professional game back, and I think well, probably twenty minutes at the end of a game or something like that. But because of the injuries happening, obviously Finn back and Jack Ellis now injured, he's been thrown right into a league game and, and a difficult one at that because Doncaster are a good team despite what I said in my pre-season predictions. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, and as well, he played well. I think he, with a player coming back from injury like that, he's not match fit. He, like, he really isn't match fit. You're going to get them little errors from him. And I think I thought it was a good performance from him overall. And as well, if Thomas Hawley saves that, which he had a match, because that, that, that in, and you focus on his positives and you think, oh, Joel Senior's had a really good game. But because he makes one error that leads to a really unfortunate goal that the keeper definitely should have saved anyways, I feel like he'll probably get a lot of criticism, a lot of criticism for it. Yeah, I mean, well, I yeah. was going to ask you about Thomas Hoyley there. I mean, surely he, he should have done better with that, and Senior should have done better as well. It's just disappointing to see more mistakes from Carlisle's defence. Yeah, you know, it was, it was just like I agree with Liam. I think <clears throat> Senior just doesn't know where the ball is. But, um, it's unfortunate. Uh, it's a mistake and it's come just a few minutes into his first game in around about a year. Um, he did, you know, I, th- I thought he kind of like showed good, <clears throat> uh, a good composure to kind of like, you know, recover a bit and not let that just affect his game. Um, and, you know, although, you know, Holy should have got to it, you'd think, you know, you shouldn't be as well. Um, kind of got to hold your hand up and say that was a it was well done by the striker. Um, just you know, 
we looked like a team that either hadn't, you know, had been thrown together a bit late um, or, you know, hadn't had enough chances for those players to play together. And especially in the opening minutes where we conceded that goal, just kind of like looked very out of sorts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just disappointing, obviously. Um, we didn't get to talk about the Northampton game either, but that was the last loss that we had. And obviously, yeah. Huntington's weak ball back um, was a big factor in, in us just eventually losing the game, resulting in that in that goal. Um, it's just disappointing to see us make um, a couple of mistakes so close together. But then again, when you are playing so many games so close together, maybe you're going to see mistakes a little bit more often over this period. But yeah, um, we're 1-0 down. I don't think Carlisle did that badly for the rest of the first half. I feel like there was there was, there was was um, indications after the change when Toby Shoy-Silva had to come on. Um, there was a little bit of a change in the shape. Uh, Simpson was obviously thinking about making more tweaks and he did make more tweaks at half time. Um, I feel like we grew into it a little bit more and by the end of the first half, you would have thought we, we were lucky not to get an equaliser, really. I know there was a, just a few sort of like half opportunities, nothing really cottoned on, but we were on the ball quite comfortably. We seemed to be passing it around quite well and something that we've been quite guilty of in, in the last couple of games is trying to force a goal, trying to trying to move forward where the pass isn't always on, maybe. This happens when you've got young, ambitious midfielders like Charters and Moxon that maybe don't always have the experience to look over the shoulder and pass it back rather than trying to go for the crazy ball forward on every occasion. But I feel like we did okay. We came out fighting, all guns blazing, for the second half and I, I think we were quite unlucky to go 2-0 down uh, and the way that we went 2-0 down was I mean it was really good play from Doncaster unfortunately the ball goes um, to the right back who passes it infield who then passes through Carlisle's defence the striker takes it on really well and just rounds Holy, squares it into his partner and it just ends up in the back of the Carlisle net I mean that's decent football and there's only a certain amount of magic you can get with decent football. That's kind of the, the goal that you don't necessarily mind conceding. Yeah, you mind conceding every single goal you concede. But I mean, when it's silky and it's smooth and there's not necessarily obvious mistakes being made, it's more forgivable, isn't it, Wills? Um, yeah, I mean, like I came on here already to say that um, the performances against Doncaster and Northampton were poor performances, but you know our standards are higher and we're up near the top of the table. So we're not losing games because we're clearly second best. We're not getting kind of like soundly beaten by teams because we made a couple of mistakes. Because as you say, we kind of you know try and force it a bit and don't quite stick to our game plan. So. You know, these are losing games in a way that teams that touch wood are going for promotion will lose games. Um, not as bad as some of the you know previous seasons where we've come on and just said that was absolutely shambolic. So yeah, <laughs> um, fairly critical of them still. Just didn't seem to have that kind of like 
clear shape and game plan, particularly against Doncaster. Um, one thing I noticed in the stats in Doncaster game was that the uh, sorry the possessions were were close to equal between the two teams. Um, against Crew, um, we had about thirty percent possession, and we've been having a lot of games with little possession. It's obviously part of Simpson's game plan is keep the shape, don't get pulled around half, let them, um, and look to break quickly when you get the ball, um, press them when they come into your half. Um, and I felt like, you know, we weren't doing that as well in those games. And um, so, like, almost consequentially, it seems that we end up actually having more possession uh, because we seem to be doing more with the ball, but that's not really how we play. Yeah, I mean, Liam, it is a decent-looking goal, but are you a little bit disappointed maybe the way that Carlisle's defence was so easily sliced open by the through ball in the first place? And it does seem like a lot of teams are finding the gaps between our defenders. Yeah. Is that you? Yeah, sorry. No, Go sorry, it, it it keeps cutting out, so I don't not I don't necessarily know who you're speaking to because the bit where you the bit where you said got cut out. Uh, apologies, um, did you hear that one, yeah. silly lad? <laughs> uh, I think with that goal, it, it looked a good ball through, and you can maybe you can maybe consider that the defenders probably should have done a little bit better with the gap. But how Thomas Oldie is coming and claiming that, I'll never know because he's out, he's ready to come and claim that ball. He either needs to be on his line waiting for the shot or out to claim that ball, which he was. But he, he doesn't get there in time and he could have got there in time. And it's it's a problem that Thomas Oldie seems to have where he's absolutely massive. Like he, he won't come out for crosses, which I've noticed recently from corners, often just uh, high crosses. And he really should have come out and got that ball through because it was well within his range for him to come and do that. Because And, and if that happens, you say, all oh, right, it's a poor through ball because the keeper's come and claimed it. And that's what it definitely should have been. It was well in his box. He really, he was already out to come and wait for that through ball. And then he and then he just doesn't do anything with it. And they, they dribble it round him, for, cross across. To get, for both goals, I think the keeper should have done a lot better. Yeah, I mean, he, he has got his, his his bits to blame there. Uh, he really does. I mean, yeah, you're quite right to point out the fact that he, I, I don't know if he was slow off his line or maybe doesn't have the confidence to go down and claim the ball. I really don't know what the issue was. Maybe his timing's just all wrong. Um, I mean, a little bit of credit where credit's due. Thomas Hoyley was uh, on the hand to give the assist to the assist uh, for Carlisle's Constellation goal that we scored late on through Christian Dennis. A uh, long ball from the goalkeeper after a free kick was given for an offside, I believe. That's flicked on by Toby Shaw Silva into the path of Christian Dennis, who slots on very nicely, to be fair to him. And not as coolly as his goal against Crew, but, I mean, his goal scoring continues. Carlisle looked to try and get back into the game later on. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough, boys. And we went down swinging 
two goals to one. And uh, it's difficult to really give a man of the match for a loss. But because we've missed a couple of games, I think I'm going to ask you for a man of the festive period. So we'll give it a little bit of time before we do that. And first off, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's disappointing. It's a 2-1 loss. Things aren't going very well as we go into January. It's six out of the last nine possible points. When you think about it, though, it is six out of the last 12 possible points also in the league. And as we go into January with an injury list as long as your arm, in fact, I've made a list. You've got Edmore, Stretton, Charters, Dickinson, Ellis, Barkley, Patrick and Dixon all out missing at the moment. Simo, in every interview, is asked about his January transfer targets and he seems to have to keep changing and changing and changing his answers and adapting to this massive injury list. Lads, Liam, what could we do, man? There's so many injuries. Where do you strengthen first? Strengthen first, I think probably a striker or a sort of winger. But at the same time, I think that area is really reinforced when Amari Patrick comes back. I think you've got to buy cover for right back. As much as I like Joel Senior, there isn't any cover at all for that position now. And you've got... I know Jack Ellis will be back before long, but it's 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 that sort of juggling act of do you buy players are all going to come back sort of thing. Maybe a midfielder, but at the same time, you've got players coming back in that position as well. I think the thing that needs to be taken going to leave because I think there might be a couple of loan players leaving that you might have to bring in replacements for maybe Sonny Hilton or the, you know the likes of him I don't think Jack Stretton will go but maybe with his injury we don't know about that is yet maybe we need a new striker to cover him I think just I think you should bring in a couple of loan players and I'd like to see a good think that there is a striker on our list that the fans are going to enjoy now I've, I've heard people say Joe Garner, I've heard people say Ashley Nadison, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of ex-Carlisle player names mentioned. I don't know how true any of those are, but just a decent striker to come in, as I think, would be the big priority for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it is kind of a little bit of all over the pitch, like you've said, but Will, do you yeah. have uh, like a certain area where you'd be most keen to strengthen? We've got two weeks, haven't we, before the next game, so you've got two weeks to bring in a couple of players. Where's your priorities? Um, yeah, I think probably want to bring in someone to go uh, right back because hopefully, senior, you know, hopefully senior will just kick on and have a much better game. But a bit worried him being our only fit right back and up front because the problems that we've been having in games, I think, are problems that if if we just had someone who. You know, with all due respect to Dennis, that's not quite what his game is to just kind of like get goals out of nowhere. Um, you know, someone who was just kind of like a just more of a classic centre forward, the kind of you know, someone who would you know, would guarantee you like 15 goals a season, although we're only having for half a season, and that might kind of like you know, start to get something out of these games that we're drawing or losing games narrowly. Because we'll just have that kind of can get us goals when we're not necessarily playing well. 
like that's that's what Omari Patrick came in and did last year, isn't it? Really, when you think about it, and he he came in in January and he hit like I think he nearly hit double figures, or he might have hit double figures in just that half a season. And yeah, and it was obviously important. So hopefully, uh, when he big... comes back, uh, hopefully when he comes back from uh, injury, he should be. Okay, now if you don't hear Mr. Liam, uh, it's because, like he warned us earlier on uh, at the start of the podcast, that his battery might die on the device he's using to record with currently, but he'll be able to load up his laptop and dive back on this call. So hopefully he'll be back before we hit that kind of man of the match period. So, um, I mean, yeah, we'll cover more transfer news next week wills and uh, because we don't really have any football to talk about but the next time we do have football to talk about it's going to be from the 14th of january and it's going to be against newport um obviously we can't see into the future we don't know if simo is going to be able to bring in more people and and where those people might appear from um but can you maybe give us a prediction for the results against newport um, yeah, so Newport have not been doing particularly well this season. They're kind of down in the struggles. Um, <clears throat> I've noticed a couple of games they've had recently. Um, Zanzala has <clears throat> been coming off the bench, scoring late goals for them. Hopefully, you know, late equalises. Hopefully, he doesn't. Going to Newport away is always a bit of a tough one, but. I don't think they're a team that are going to come to Brunton Park and cause us any particular problems. I think we're going to win 2 0. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that, that sounds about right to me as well. I mean, we do seem to do quite well this season against those teams that we should do quite well against. And um, yeah, I think we're going to do quite well against these guys. I think 2 0 is probably a fair. Fair result, and Dennis's goal-scoring form is going to continue. And I fancy Guy for a goal, to be completely honest. It's about time. He needs to add to that goal tally for him to get in towards those uh, those double figures. So uh, he needs he needs to hit that goal tally. Um, Are you just saying that because Liam's not back yet? I mean, I, I mean, I'd love to rub it in his face a bit more and get the banter going a bit. But like you said, Liam, Liam isn't back yet, so unfortunately, he won't be able to give us his predictions for the uh, for the game against Newport. But um, what else have we got to talk about here? <laughs> what else can I patter with before Liam comes back? <laughs> um, so you're waiting, for, yeah. So we need to wait for. Um, is there anything or anyone you'd like to mention from them games? Yeah, I mean, like obviously there's uh, there's the crew game and uh, what was the other game? Bradford. Yeah. Um, Bradford I mean, I feel like home. we haven't really necessarily had the chance uh, on this podcast to really kind of like big up the things that we thought that we were doing well in those two games because by the time we've got the opportunity to talk about it, We've gone and lost a game, and we lost that other one before. Well, that's it. Yeah, so let's end on a let's end uh, on a nicer, positive note. So we went and, to crew. Uh, talk about those wins. Yeah, three nil away a crew, a big away win for Carlisle United. It was quite an impressive performance, yeah. uh, especially in the second half. It just seemed like crew were just blown over, and they had no chance of really coming back. Oh, Denwood's coming back. 
I'll have to update them what we're talking about. <laughs> unlike crew. <laughs> unlike crew. Unlike crew. You'll um, have to... back in the conversation. Or Liam's back in the conversation. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Can just kind of there he is. There he is. So we were just talking, uh, Liam. Uh, you, did, you did warn us earlier on the podcast, obviously, that you might have to disappear and rearrange your devices and stuff. So don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, we've just been pattering. And uh, we've been filling in, talking about... You know, we wanted to end things on a bit of a better note. So we've been talking about Carlisle's uh, games before the 2-1 loss against Donny. And, uh, yeah, we were talking about the 3-0 win over Crew and how impressive we were in the second half, how demoralised Crew really looked in that second half. And, and, and we just kind of steamrolled them and blew all over it. And uh, now you're back in the conversation, Liam. Was there anyone... That really stood out for you. Was there anything positive? Well, obviously, a lot of positives from that crew game that you'd like to mention. I think the two players that stuck out to me particularly were uh, Owen Moxon and Taylor Charters. Them two in the midfield, I think both of them got an assist. Obviously, Taylor went off injured towards the end of the game, which awful news is going to need surgery for. But um, yeah, I think them two in particular, just the midfield and the midfield three looked really, really good that day. I was there. I was in the way. And, um, and obviously, the best player on the day was the 12th man in the crowd. The, you know, absolutely <laughs> unreal support. I think, what was it? Were we near a 1,000 that day? Yeah, I remember. I remember going... Yeah, there was a lot there. I remember we sold, we sold 600 tickets before it, and I thought, oh, right, so that's, that'll be kind of what it'll be about. I think 200 tickets were sold on the gate. I think there was over 800 there on the day. Yeah. Amazing the way support. It's a long trip. It's yeah. a really good support from the from the Carlisle fans. And they were, you know, they, they were given the reward for it. And it was a brilliant performance from them three, especially. Yeah. I mean, Wills, was there anyone in particular or anything else in particular that stood out for you for that crew game? Um... No, I mean, mostly just what Liam said. I wanted to kind of, like, uh, give a lot of credit to Taylor Charters for the season he's having and that he was excellent in that game. Um, also, you know, <laughs> but, you know, like, just how he's coming on as a player as well. Um, his third, fourth season with us in his third different position that he's been deployed or fourth different position that he's been deployed yeah. but um, he's, he's always had qualities even when he was used up front and it didn't quite work out but um, he's really kind of like settling into it now and he's still got those unique qualities that see him ranging all over the pitch uh, handle because there aren't many players like him that they'll have that they'll have come across before you know they don't they don't usually plan for a left centre back to suddenly run up the right wing, <laughs> but, it, but stuff like that the John Mellish does, um and, and you know it, it just kind of shows how much we missed him uh in the Northampton game. Yeah, I mean you're not the only person to mention John Mellish as being the best player on the day. I went to social media on the Blue Army podcasts. Facebook page. If you don't follow, go over to Facebook and give us a follow. And Mr. Craig Cooper also pointed out John Mellish uh, to be the best player in our squad, not just on the day. Uh, John Moore said Paul Huntington, as he always sorts out the defence. And then Craig Cooper piped back in and also wanted to mention Moxon Mellish 
and Guy. I mean, he didn't just mention Mellish, but he wanted to mention Moxon and Guy as well. And Tony Worrell agreed with Craig, and he said Callum Guy was probably the best player on the pitch on the day. Um, I mean, for me, I, I thought he put in a shift. I really do. And, um, I mean, we're going to talk about our player of the festive period. And in order to do that, we will have to talk a little bit about the Bradford game, which took place on Boxing Day at home. Unfortunately, I was stuck working for a lot of it and could only get into watch the last sort of 15 minutes of the games. But you two boys got to see the full 90. Wills, your memories from the Bradford 1-0 uh, victory. Was it a game of boredom since it was only 1-0? Or did, was it quite a lively fixture for you? How was it? How was the game? Um, yeah, it was kind of, um, you know, the, the chances were there um, and we made quite a few of them and Bradford made quite a few as well. So only the one goal, but, you know, plenty of goal mouth action. Um, I don't, I think for puzzled each other out a bit because like we didn't, there weren't that many clear cut chances and, at times, I felt that Bradford were kind of like pinning us back a bit and we couldn't really kind of get much of a control on the game. Um, but as the game went on, we, you know, you know, we kind of like showed that we could just kind of stick to our tasks, make sure that Bradford don't score. It, it felt almost like we were grinding out a result at home, but you know, sometimes sometimes you just gotta do that. I think neither team had played in quite a while. Um Bradford had gone even longer than we had without playing. So maybe it was just a little bit of rustiness. But yeah, it it felt ground out, albeit with quite a bit of goal mouth action. Um and but overall a good win for us. Yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a big three points, but it is an important three points, definitely. Not every team is going to be able to beat Bradford. Uh, Liam, you were obviously as well there for the full 90. Um, I mean, how did you enjoy the fixture? I just, yeah, it was a good result. I just don't know how we weren't 3-0 up at half-time. I think Mellish missed a really good opportunity, as good as he's been, two even. You know, Dennis had a couple... No, it didn't. Sorry, not Dennis Gibson. Yeah, Gibson, Gibson with that excellent one over. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Mellish was really at fault for the one that uh, the header because he was coming up at him. Mm. He'd have had to get really high above it in order to be able to head that back down. It kind of like the the ball kind of like almost glanced off his forehead, going upwards, and then just continued its upward. It's upward trajectory over the bar. You're gonna get your two. This was at the Warwick end. This was at the Warwick Road end. So I was yeah, like, you'll have had a much better view than yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, just yeah, the direction the ball came from. I don't see, I don't see what more he could have done to actually direct that downwards. Yeah, right, fair dues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, so I mean, as going as far as that. Technically, John Mellish won the most man of the matches over the period. Um, so mm. he might be the person you go for, for your sort of festive period, Foxy's feature man of the matches. Uh, but me, I'm going to go first this time. And yeah. uh, I'm going to go for Christian Dennis. Um, 
I know he didn't start every single game of the festive period, but he was productive and he got the goals where he needed to get the goals to make us feel comfortable or to, um, or to just get us over the line or I mean just just whatever it was. I just like I just like Dennis, man. I just feel like he he contributed a lot over the festive period. He is sometimes the only threat for most periods of the game, large periods of the game. Sometimes the only threat we have going forward, uh, or at least in the early part of those fixtures. And um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just rate him really. I just feel like this is, this is his time of year. He likes the fixtures coming thick and fast, so he can really add to his goal tally. And he looks, he looks sharp. He looks decent, and he looks ready to go. Uh, Liam, who's your man of the festive period? Bit too, but I think the big one's got to be John Mellish, like you said. I mean, uh, he's just, he's really good, and I think. The reason I'm giving it to him is that you can tell how much we need him when we played Northampton. Like, you can tell how much we miss him when he's not in the team. Like, he's so, so good. And he's he's the perfect player for Paul Simpson's team. You know, I've, I've been saying it for a bit, BBC Radio Cumbria stole my term. So I'm not I'm not going to get uh, too mad at that. But I've, got, I've always referred to him as well, the league's first... Yet. <laughs> yeah, attack and centre. That's what he is. He's an attack and centre back in a back five, and there's no one like him. And yeah, I, I love him. He's my man of the matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, John Mellish, and I pretty much covered the reasons why before. And I think while Liam was still out sorting his computer, but um, yeah, he's kind of like he's he's really showed you. Know, no fact that the one match we didn't play, we missed him. And the fact that teams don't really know how to handle him. He's unique, he's special, there aren't any players like him. So, like, I feel like he's, you know, he's an important asset that this football club has. And someone like, you know, the more we can get out of John Mellish, the better we'll do. Yeah, yeah. And if any of the clubs are listening out there, keep your hands off Mellish because it is officially <laughs> now, gentlemen. If any of the clubs... <laughs> what did you say? Then your manager. If any other clubs are listening, then your manager isn't good enough to get the best out of John Mellish. So. You wouldn't know what to do with him anyway. You wouldn't know what to do with Mellish. You wouldn't know what to do with Mellish if he was staring right in the face. You wouldn't know what to do with him. But yeah, I mean, it is. It is officially the transfer window is open, and like we've already mentioned in this podcast, maybe a few times by now, there isn't going to be much football for us to talk about after the next weekend. So maybe we're going to do a little bit of a transfer room around up. Hopefully there'll be a little bit of actual transfer news that might have gone through uh, by next week. And we might actually get to do a bit of a profile on a new sign. And there might be some people leaving, like Liam mentioned earlier. Maybe a couple of loan players might go back. We don't know. We don't know. But hopefully there'll be a bit of news for us to talk about and cover next week. But I mean, on this show, gentlemen, there isn't really much left for us really to do, apart from saying bye for now. Bye for bye. now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're back, we're back, we're back because, <laughs> because, um, I mean, it's all me, it's all my fault, isn't it? I've forgotten to do the joke of the week and, you know, you know, I normally don't forget doing joke of the week, so it felt, felt very strange for us to have signed off there without doing the joke of the week. So that means it's time for one thing and one thing only. It's time for the Blue Army podcast. You. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
last minute edition. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> if there's anyone still listening by the end of the podcast, I'm pretty sure they'll enjoy it. <laughs> and maybe it'll stop any comments about asking where it's gone. But anyways, the joke of the week, the joke of the week. Why is Cinderella so bad at sports? What a joke. Don't know, lads. Don't know. Because she keeps running away no. from the ball. Wow. Hey, wow, what a surprise. <laughs> and then there really isn't anything else left to do apart from saying <laughs> bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs>Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.